0: Yo, yo, welcome back to the Underground Treehouse podcast, a podcast that discusses and reviews music of all genres. I am one fourth year host, Ruben. Joining me, as always, is Keenan. What up, Marcos? Hi, and Isaac hello hello this week we're going to be reviewing the third studio album hellfire by english rock band black midi uh this is my pick but before i explain why i picked it uh as always we're going to go ahead and give you our music recommendations of the week as well as our local beer recommendation of the week kicking off the music recommendation will be isaac
1: what you got so the recommendation for this week is a little something heavier, a little something more brooding, a little something, you know, darker. Uh, it would be some, I guess, w- what would be considered to be doom metal. And the band is Kylesa, and the song is called Drained. My friend Jazzy put me on, shout out Jazzy. She showed me this song, and the second I heard it, the vocal stood out to me, the Sluggish guitars and the very heavy riffs just really, really stood out to me. So great listen if you like that, like slow chord, like very heavy shit. And yeah, give it a listen if you're into that sort of thing.
2: Yo, I have a really good recommendation. I hope you guys listen to it whenever I uh, send it to you guys in the in the chat. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's a hardcore band called World of Pleasure. Sick! They came out with like a small little EP, like four tracks. Clean world of pleasure and friends actually uh the band is and called <laughs> world of pleasure and the uh, are they
0: newer i've never heard of them
2: uh they're, no they're not really that new really no they've been out for a
3: minute they've been out since uh I, 2020
2: oh okay yeah so right like during, a little bit newer oh, yeah like during the pandemic well yeah. yeah i guess it's new but um well this is the first album that i've heard of them and me right in mm-hmm. so world of pleasure and the ep is world of pleasure and friends so
3: my recommendation for this week actually comes, actually you know what? Just shout out to this artist, Beach Bunny. <laughs> this artist, indie pop, indie pop music, mm. um, saved us this morning. We had a seven and a half hour drive. First thing that we played. Fuck no. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> so the album is called Emotional Creature. Um, it's a new release. It Actually, just came out about four days ago. By like I said, um, indie pop artist, Beach Bunny. Um, very catchy. Very poppy, um, check it out. Songs I would recommend is uh, "Oxygen" and "Dead Weight." So good, check it out.
0: My recommendation of the week is going to be the album "Death Fame" by hip hop artist Quell Chris or Kel Chris. I'm not too sure how exactly you say it. Q U E L L E. So Quell, Kel, something like that. I'll say Quell. <laughs> Quell Chris, Death <laughs> Fame. Um, this is a really fucking solid hip hop project. It got Overshadowed because it dropped the same day as Kendrick, Ooh. and that same day Kendrick dropped uh, The Smile. So, that little side band that Tom York and Johnny Greenwood did, mm-hmm. they dropped an album that same day too. So, you got two humongous albums dropping the same day as like a <laughs> lesser known hip hop artist. Um, so, I think it got overshadowed, but it definitely deserves the same type of praise and the same type of attention that those two albums got. Um, really good, solid album. It, it, you know, if you really appreciate that, like, real to the roots hip-hop kind of music this album is just right up your alley um probably top tracks for me would be like alive ain't always living uh feed the head king black death fame it's the whole project is solid give it a listen it's worth your time for sure all right our local beer recommendation of the week is gonna be we're gonna have a steel bender back on we're gonna so i forget which podcast it was but we um shouted out their raspberry dynamite We're coming back with their tangerine dynamite tangy citrusy smooth. I mean right on the can that just like that just describes it perfectly. Again, more description on the can citrusy sweet aroma exploding from the tank smooth mouthfeel and a tangy creamy refreshing flavor reminiscent of a summertime treat. Jesus shit is so damn sweet. Sounds like you just read it off the can. Oh, because I did. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's Dude, it's so damn sweet. So damn good. I mean, we love the Raspberry Dynamite. This is just as good. As Ki- as Isaac had said on a couple podcasts back, it makes you aware. It lets you know what the fuck you're drinking. And, uh, you know, that's a big reason why I picked this beer with this album. Because, spoiler, this fucking album kind of punches you in the face. It and does. doesn't let up. So, similar to this album, Tangerine Dynamite does the exact same thing. Tastes great. So, yeah, again, Steel Bender, Grey Brewery off 2nd Street. Check them out. They deserve it. All right. Let's get into this. Hellfire by Black Midi. Uh, so, the reason why I picked this is, so, apparently, it's sacrilegious to consider Black Midi post-punk now. I I guess considering how they've evolved as artists, I kind of get it, whatever. But, as you know, I fucking love post-punk. You know, anything post-punk, I'm, I immediately gravitate towards. Um and black midi they dropped their debut album schlagenheim in 2019 and i was all over this shit when it first came out man i think this is kind of really what put me on onto the post-punk scene um you know and it it, it was like a gateway into the genre um but uh you know black midi kind of spearheaded this whole movement i feel like um so every anything that they've really done has really kind of like piqued my interest um with that being said i mean i kind of might like um Decredit myself, because I haven't listened to the second album, Calvaclade I've listened to, I've, I've listened to like maybe two tracks um, But I mean, the first the first album, Schlagenheim, just holds up really well um, You know, if you listen to like Boom 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 or like Speedway or Reggae It's just a really amazing album And uh, you know, they're just super creative and they're just super off the wall And you know, them as a group kind of like throws me out for a loop, you know what I mean? I kind of even don't feel like I know what I'm getting even though I'm a fan of them so I was like like you guys, my other hosts, have no idea about these guys. So I figured I would throw something out there that's a little bit more experimental and something that's kind of uh gonna get our brains thinking a little bit more, you know. So uh yeah, so that that's really the main reason why I picked Black Midi. Um, I'm gonna be honest with you guys, I don't even know how to fucking start this shit. Like
3: <laughs> Dude, like the like, album is just gonna be a madness.
0: Yeah. We're gonna be all over it, the place. It's just it, I mean, that's a perfect way to describe it. It's madness. Oh, you can um, say it's
2: a chaotic masterpiece or a chaotic painting.
0: One hundred percent, one hundred percent. And I think the album artwork, like honestly, kind of it. like, yeah, exactly, represented perfectly. This is probably the most creative, inventive garble you've ever heard. It's like yeah. when you, like, you know, when you first listen to it, you're like, "What the fuck is going on?" You know, it's just, it's just full of all these different sounds and time signatures and crazy ass vocals there's just so much going on and it's like even when you listen to it on your like sixth or seventh listen there's still something new you're picking up you know you're connecting dots in between themes you're picking up different little riffs with the guitar or like different time signatures with the drums it's just an album that you know kind of gives you so much upfront. it's kind of hard to like take it in Mm -hmm. on on that first listen um and again like i said it kind of gets a little bit easier as you listen to it a little bit more but how did you guys feel about this like on your very first fucking listen?
3: So, I had no I I, I had no idea what was coming. Like you said it's just so in your face and it's hard cuz like you said even after like the 6th 7th listen, like I'm still dissecting it mm-hmm. cuz it's just it's just too much. I mean, from the lyrics from the jazz and the instruments, like it's just all up front and it's chaotic. Mm-hmm. It's madness, but it's fucking beautiful <laughs> it's so good <laughs> and like just like diving into it um like i'm just
2: i'm excited i'm excited to talk about it i am too um i'll first listen this instantly gave me black country new Road vibes man instantly i'm like yeah. okay mm-hmm. okay uh, i know i kind of have a blueprint of what i'm about to listen to so i uh, have my horizon opened up and i'm like okay i'm Let's see. Let's you know, throw it at me. Let's see what Black Media is bringing. And yeah, they uh, did not disappoint with uh, this album. Um, it was extremely organized chaos, and um, the instrumentation, the sound engineering, the lyricism, the vocalist, all did not disappoint whatsoever. And you know, even at times, uh, I'd be like confused at what I'm hearing. <laughs> Like, even now it's almost yeah, like what even the now? And I, I, I heard this album four times city man and i'm just like sheesh, it's so hard you know to have a song or a verse or you know a beat imprinted in your head just so you know because it's so it's so chaotic this
1: album yeah the <laughs> my first listening uh i to piggyback of what marco said i i did get like black country new road vibes from it but once i like you know started like really getting into it i realized oh this is this is a different beast entirely like wh- like everything about this is so fucking colorful textured layered and chaotic relentless like keenan said maddening, bro it's fucking it's chaos it's literally something that you cannot comprehend and yet it's palatable it's listenable It's something that you can listen to, enjoy, discuss, talk about, and yet it drives you fucking insane. (laughs) It's the equivalent of the Willy Wonka riding down the river scene where he's like, and he's going and going. You know what I'm talking about with with, um, what's his name? Van Wilder or whatever? Gene Wilder. Gene Wilder. Like that's literally how this album makes me feel. It's just it's it's. An experience on its own, unlike no other. Yes, I got Black Country New Road vibes at first, but then the more you break break it down, the more it's its own thing, the more it's very progressive and, and very jazz-influenced and, and just, just layered. It's just layered very like layered. an onion. <laughs> Shout-out Shrek. But it's, yeah, very good on first listen, but... Quadrupled that good feeling on subsequent listenings.
0: It's funny that you guys bring a Black Country. I think that's a good um, that's a good comparison. This is like the schizophrenic, paranoid cousin <laughs> of Black Country. Right. It's you know what I mean. It's like take Black Country's like creativeness and kind of like out of the boxness and turn it up to a thousand. And fucking shoot them up with ketamine, and this is kind of like <laughs> there we go. And, and you have Black Midi,
1: yeah, Black Midi. um A Black Country New Road is a painting on a canvas, and that and that canvas is white. Black Midi is a fucking Picasso painting, bro. <laughs> with, yeah,
0: <right>. dude. <laughs> hella surreal. Super. Like, like it's so nonsensical, but like you said, when you actually like give it a couple more listens, if you just stare at that painting a little bit longer. You're like, oh, okay, well, now that makes sense. Oh, now I'm picking out this and this and this. Um, first track, Hellfire, is like this huge wall of just like horns and guitar and the drums are blasting. And the uh, lead vocalist is like firing off these like quick lyrics. You know, he's he's firing off these bars. So boom, 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 boom. Like the first track like really sets a good pace for what the album is going to give you. I completely you know? agree. Yeah, I yeah. literally
2: had my notes is like based off the first track. It's exactly what it like um introduced the rest of the album for
0: me. Like you said Marcos, it's organized chaos. It's just so fucking wild oh, and it's the, so abrasive. The fucking song is called Hellfire, so it's just like <laughs> fuck. Yeah, maybe 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 the fucking title of the album should have given us like a warning of what we we're going to get. I don't think any of us
2: thought we were going to get this. Oh my god. So we're we're talking about sound right right now.
0: Yeah, so I think, yeah, so we'll we'll just talk about, like, the sound and, like, the overall um, instrumentation of the album.
2: So I know that the instruments they use is really a lot and organized, but, like, I heard a lot of static. Or was that just, like, my headphones or something like that? But <laughs> I'm pretty sure it wasn't because I listened to this album on, like, three different he- pairs of headphones. But I heard some static, like, included in the instruments. And I'm just, like, honestly, out of, I've heard, this isn't the first time, like, you know, you hear, like, a little radio static or radio frequency or anything like that mm-hmm. off of a... Uh, On a a song, but I feel like this is probably one of the best uh, albums that they interpreted it on, actually. Like the production. In the the, the production, yeah. Well, I mean, there was a couple songs where they literally had, like,
3: radio tuning. Exactly, right? Yeah, so Mm -hmm. that was a thing. Like, that was probably the static you were hearing, because you hear it at the end of the first song, and then you hear it at the... um what is it is it the halftime, half-time? yeah yeah I think half-time. so, yeah. so it's, you know it, you hear the the actual like radio tuning
1: 66.6 mm-hmm. yeah Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah hellfire, hellfire right? radio, <laughs> radio. <laughs> what was the
3: <it? laughs> dj's name Rahim. Yeah. yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> it,
0: i think that's a reference to uh um oh what's a spike lee movie just do the right thing
2: it is is it is yeah, it it is okay because
0: yeah, dj Rahim is in do the right thing yeah as a, oh they did? Yeah, as a notation. Sh- I don't need no genius. Word. Yeah. <laughs> you are the
2: mastermind. I mastermind am genius. the genius. Yeah, just kidding. Oh,
3: just kidding. Oh, just kidding. La, jizz is the genius, he's like. <laughs> oh, yeah. so a <laughs> Guy goes to one chisel show. <laughs> yeah, I think he's all cool now. Uh, <laughs> you're pretty cool
1: though. Yeah. This man's playing five head chess. Word. Five uh, five head chess.
3: No, so I mean to talk about the sound, I mean this jazz fusion Dude, it's like listening to the Cowboy Bebop soundtrack like
0: yeah, to
3: like to 100 like you said about Black Country like it's just the Cowboy Bebop soundtrack just like turned to a thousand and mm. that jazz, the horns, the everything, the who the what's the name of the lead singer?
2: Uh It is George Screep. Yeah, yeah, Georgie so, Greep. Gordie
3: Greep. So, Geordie Greep, I mean, this man's lyrics and how you say the way he fires off his bars. I mean, like I said, we'll get into the lyrics because there's a song where he just goes off. <laughs> I Many mean, songs. this man, this man can do no wrong. Gordy has the heat to just mm-hmm. go off like he did.
0: Oh, dude, But yeah. like I said, we'll get to that. <laughs> yeah.
3: We will get to that. But overall, this sound, this sound is next level and it's like... I want more of this Jazz Fusion.
0: Definitely. Definitely.
3: Yeah, it's-
2: you, I, you do get that, though, right? You do get that the whole album here and there.
3: Oh, no. I want more of like this. Oh, oh, okay, <laughs> I want more okay. like I thought, this.
2: I thought, I thought we were still on the first track. I, so I thought
3: that's what we meant. Oh, no, 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 Oh, no. Yeah, just the overall sound. Yeah, just overall. I want more music that sounds like this because I've never heard anything that sounds like this. Yeah. So in your face and just so all over the place.
0: Yeah, I mean, like I said, I didn't listen to the uh, second album, Calv- Calvaclade, I believe is how you pronounce it. Um, but Schlagenheim, I mean, they, they've they been very, like, experimental from the jump, but this is leaps and bounds ahead of fucking Schlagenheim. You know what I mean? Like, n- not to say that they don't have, like, nice grooves and nice harmonies on Hellfire because they definitely do, but Schlagenheim is a lot more, like, subdued. It's, you know, it's th- there's a lot more passages that's a lot more groovy, and you could kind of, like, like... uh. Like just a uh, normal listener. Or like a like a standard listener could listen to it, be like, oh, okay, a I can get this. Listener. Casual, yes, that's a that's the word I was looking for. I don't think you could just play this shit casually for a casual <laughs> listener, dude. Most a people turn this shit a, off. But. A couple <laughs> of songs, but I did for the most part. I did oh, on our did. seven and a half hour drive today. <laughs> and then when she think? actually fucked with it. Oh shit! Okay, what? Um, so actually, I kind of so I think we should get into that. Um, so basically, this whole album is just full of like. These different noises and you know, it's very abrasive. It's hard to kind of like Figure out what you're listening to Which is why the fifth track still like immediately grabbed my attention when I first heard this album like still was just like I mean lyric wise sound wise still is just Amazing man still is so good. Um, it starts off real like almost uh, Like classic country kind of sounding has this nice twang kind of like bluesy almost and then it eventually progresses into a little bit of chaos, but then it eventually subdues. And then the ending of the song is beautiful. Like the ending of the song has this like real nice acoustic guitars. And it has these weird like birds or like bug sounds kind of like, you know, intertwined. It's so sick. It's very cinematic, very cinematic.
3: So we get a two minute instrumental towards the end there in this one which is nice and then obviously like you said we have that that beautiful fade out with the outro Mm -hmm. the i mean this song i could see how like it would grab your attention because it is like a
2: nice break from the chaos it's still i feel like it's i have it here it's the only break on the album for me it's the only song that gave me a break from all the chaotic instruments and you know, production that the album produces. Mm-hmm. But Be- besides our actual break that we get after this one? Oh, yeah, the after <laughs> Yeah, the, yeah, actual, the radio the, break. The <laughs> actual
3: <laughs> halftime break. Yeah, no, but I mean lyrically, this is this
1: is the break that was much needed actually. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I get very Huge Elliot Smith vibes Holes. from this oh, at, at, the, at the beginning, <laughs> yeah. especially in the first half. Like it's super Elliot Smith, and it's super like raw and I hate just saying raw because what is mm-hmm. what is raw mean? Right, mm-hmm. raw means guttural. You feel it. It's it's visceral that's exactly how i feel this song is it's completely visceral and and then like the instrumental the instrumental is fucking out of this world because it it takes a complete left turn from the chaos and it and it gives you something more structured and more quote unquote safe but is it safe i don't know i mean <laughs> what is considered safe when a song like this is considered safe i mean this song is so fucking gut wrenching how's a song like this gut-wrenching fucking quote-unquote safe you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. the the instrumental almost reminds me of a cover by rob uh robin anderson it's a cover of chop suey as a matter of fact by oh Down. what the fuck yeah it, it's like a old like 40s uh cover and the instrumental to that cover reminds me of this and it's just like like it's just so catchy and and that's how this song is it's completely catchy it's probably one of the more like you said more accessible songs you know what i mean and the ending was fucking beautiful the first few times i heard it it was like a fucking tim burton song walking through a fucking forest in through stop motion that's how i felt that was with all the little like chirpings and and the little mother nature and then n- not to mention what that could represent in the lyrics i know we haven't got to the lyrics so i don't want to well i was actually going to say we could probably integrate all of it right now honestly so i mean but let's finish let's finish the sound first uh, unless you want to go into it because i fucking well we could finish the sound of the song first okay but but i think
0: like i so this is one thing that i didn't really touch on which i probably should have introducing this album is you know The sound is just so huge and hulking, but the fucking the lyrics that go along with the song just adds a whole nother layer. So I probably should just we should probably just integrate the lyrics into our song discussion.
2: Yeah, I mean, it it would bring up that discussion that Ken had earlier about what the actual lyrics meant, too. Yeah, definitely. Okay,
1: so the lyrics to this song, super fucking sad song, gut wrenching. I have here in my notes, sad song, but at least he gets over it by the end. And that's why you hear the beautiful sound of nature that might symbolize the growth in the same way that Mother Nature grows. The beauty of Mother Nature, because he got over it, because he could grow as a person and it, and finally get over this darkness and he sees the light, it, it symbolizes the birds chirping and the sounds of Mother Nature the same way that they release a beauty that, that is... The ending, the last two minutes, you know Mm -hmm. what I'm saying? Like, the last two minutes is the equivalent of getting over the relationship. That's literally what I have. This is him... Healing from a post-breakup 100% That's
2: literally 100%. what I have
0: Especially 100%. during the whole song When he's just like He's not coming to terms with it Like whatsoever he, he cannot stand the fact That it's eventually gonna end It's gonna break So there, there's know?
2: a point in that In that in that two-minute instrumental Where he goes really fucking hard Where the instruments pick up Where the production yeah. really picks up mm-hmm. and I'm like yo He's going through it right now And then it just like how he said It just peacefully goes along Like you're finally vibing with live Like you're finally, you know Soothing your wounds and finally trying to find yourself and that's literally i have my fucking notes that's crazy yep and it perfectly leads to like the outro lyrics of the song
3: i mean like how you said i went to see him at the obviously visiting air, arena you were a mile away but doing so good It's just like content man it's like
0: content yeah just leave it i don't know why but well i mean i kind of know why because of the way the song you know yeah. progresses but just those last two bars you were a mile away but doing so good it's just like <sighs> Fuck, I don't want to see you this far. I don't want to see you doing good, but you know what it is what it is. And then like you said, the instrumentation just leads you to this nice serene kind of picture. It's know? me right
2: now, baby. What's up? And then the oh, chaos yeah. picks up. Yeah,
0: and then right after we get the most obnoxious fucking like dial tone fucking like <laughs> radio break intro ever or interlude.
2: That's kind of that's kind of heat though, honestly, cuz they they shout out their uh their uh, other band too. The Orange Boys, is that what they called?
0: Oh yeah, so they shout out uh Give me a second. The yeah, the Orange Tree Boys, which yeah. is like their own side project, right? Yeah, it's their, it's
2: a, it it's consists of other members from Black MIDI, so it's dope that they gave a shout out to their other band. Yeah, that's so funny, dude.
0: Mm-hmm. Going back to Hellfire. Um, so like we said, Hellfire kind of does a really good job at you know setting up the album. We we're you know, when we when we alluded to that, we were more so talking about the sound, but the lyrics, man, the lyrics really set it up. Um You know, with this one, I I think there's kind of a couple, you know, connecting themes within this album. But I think, have you guys ever listened to the album Murder Ballads by Nick Cave? No. No? No? So Murder Ballads by Nick Cave is essentially like a compilation of short stories. But the whole album is based around murder. Like each song tells a different story about murder. I think this album kind of does a similar thing. I think Hell and Sin is the overall theme, and each song kind of gives you a different uh, story of sin or of greed or, um, you know, something like that, you know? Purgatory. Yeah, purgatory should. I mean, that could be definitely included, you know? (laughs) And I think Hellfire lyrically definitely does a good job at that. You know, it's essentially like, to me, the way I took it was somebody getting old and the devil's essentially being like, "Duh, just come into sin, bro. Like, (laughs) fuck it. Who cares? You know, compromise yourself. Essentially, you know, and I think that leads to what the album is talking about is these different caveats of sin and shit
1: like that. I took it a little bit different, but I completely see how you would see it that way. How'd you take it? So like essentially growing old and all the shortcomings that come with it is hell, is torture. That's what I got
3: from it.
0: Because it's like the hardships
3: of growing up and your body breaking
2: down, Mm -hmm. going through hell. I'm well, like, that's definitely, yeah. I'm like 50 50 uh, with you guys, to be honest, on that. I get the ha- ha- your guys' message for sure, but I also get your uh, the other half of your message. Mm-hmm.
0: It's kind of like, bro, your dick don't work. Like,
1: just come in. Who gives <laughs> a fuck? You know? <laughs> Cause he, cause on one of, <laughs> but, like, if your dick don't work, isn't that a living hell? Like, right? Well, well, yeah, yeah, but. Definitely, but okay, yeah, but awesome. and then
2: there's also, like, on one of the songs that we'll get into of him, you know, fucking. Uh, uh, punishing uh a, a, a pimp, right? Oh,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's well, yeah. That's why I think it's just an amalgamation of all these different sins because almost every sin is kind of touched on. You know, I guess going back to still, I don't know if that could really fit. Maybe lust, I guess, but I think that's more of like, like I still. Mean, I mean, lust is a it, sin. It could be so. like envy or lust, yeah, but
1: but no, lust is super. Um, is oh, super lust
0: would be um dangerous. The defense?
1: Or it could be the defense.
0: Oh, dangerously No, 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 no. It would be the defense. It'd cause... be the defense because it's the dude running it's the brothel. The pimp. Yeah, it's yeah. The pimp. yeah, yeah. So that's what I was talking So, about. yeah, I guess still kind of doesn't fit in my theory now that I think about it. Because I don't know what sin or like what hellscape that would be, but. Well, I'm not religious. But maybe be...
1: It could be a sin no matter what. So like... <laughs> or... <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean, to rock this hard, is it really a sin? I mean, Jesus. So Jesus. that was corny that was corny <laughs> boo this man jesus died for our sins
2: so we should be sinning all the time if not he died for nothing yeah. <laughs> Word, <laughs> a book. well
1: cheers to that brother yes, cheers to that brother <laughs>
0: <laughs> um so yeah so when i said his dick don't work like that's just not a random <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's not just like a random ass joke like literally in the third verse he's talking about how like his dick doesn't get hard when he needs it to you know, and then when it does it's useless. Like 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 I mean, basically what we said earlier, it's just all about the hardships of getting old.
2: Yeah. You know. And you you'll see that further along in the album too, other other lyrics. So this is why how far is good? Because even in the lyrics it tells you what he's gonna be talking about mm-hmm. throughout that whole album.
0: Right, right. Yeah, for sure. Um or to give you guys a little bit of idea of how it starts off, you know, and why we're saying, you know, getting old is its own hell. Um, uh, the very first verse is, you know, there's always scratching and odd twitch, hearing loss, a ringing noise, new flesh, a new bump, and weightlessness, a mirage, a tumor, a scar, and when one is fixed, another breaks. So it's essentially, you know, just kind of
2: growing old, dog. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah shit. Hey, we'll skateboarding when we are teenagers, fucking snorting coke, dog, <laughs> and doing all this shit. We do that shit now when we're thirty. Oh, dude. bro,
0: that's just gonna catch up to us. Dude. <laughs> we're gonna <laughs> have to call into work tomorrow, bro. Um, so. I'm kind of going to contradict myself with what I said about the overall theme because the second song, Sugar Zoo, is really just a song about boxers. And I guess thinking about it, I guess I could maybe see Pride. It's not, though.
2: But, it is not. But, that's why I like it because he uses that uh, not, not anatomy, analogy. Uh-huh. He uses that analogy as a boxing ring of... I don't know who the other guy is. Sugar Mama, what is it? Sugar. Sugar S- Mama. <laughs> it's Sugar Something, dog. Sugar, uh, sugar Sun. Sun. Sh- <laughs> is not. Sugar. He would lose. We would all lose that fight. Oh, he'd get trashed, he bro. He'd get <laughs> trashed, dog. Uh, he'd get knocked out cold. So the two
0: boxes are Sun Sugar and Sun Zoo.
2: Yeah. So he Sun Zoo is what I got, right? You got Correct. that? Correct. And Sun Sugar is all the shit in life that he's fighting through, right? Correct
0: oh you can see that
2: yeah wow. yeah that and that's right why like at the end he's he won the audience has been satisfied like they're happy and you know he's he got through it or he's getting through it which well you know he mm-hmm. won the boxing match so he's still kind of going through it but
0: right oh well that makes sense The reason why I think everything was intertwined with sin is because, like I said, I thought each song had, like, its own interpretation of sin. And I thought this song was more about, like, pride or, like, wrath or something because it's literally a boxing match. And the dude smokes him, like, in the middle of the match. But, shit, I guess when it's all a metaphor. But, I mean, you also get death.
3: Yeah. Yeah. You you get death in it. I mean, because Sugar does die. Mm -hmm. And no one is paying attention to him because uh, what's the... Sun Tzu Sun, Tzu. Sun Tzu is the winner so the audience won so the audience is happy they're fulfilled but meanwhile you got this guy back here dying with no doctor on the scene as he says
1: I took Sugar Zoo as more of a like a allegory for like the media and the way that people are so desensitized by the media because it said that full got smoked and the whole audience was cheering and happy and satisfied. So what does that tell you that they don't care about the human casualty, a human life. They care about entertainment. They care oh, about yeah. what's real. Like they, they really only care about what is enjoyable to themselves. You know what I mean? No doctor on the scene, the audience won in a single line explaining the world's numbness of violence because it's entertaining, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And then with the crazy horns on top of it, like it's just, to me, it read as more of a microscope on society itself, Mm -hmm. or at least Western society itself. I mean, I, I don't know too much about other cultures, but I know. For sure, Western society and how we're so desensitized to everything because of what we see on the news and on the internet. That as long as it's entertaining, who really gives a fuck who's on the other side of that screen? Mm-hmm. As long as you're good, who cares? You know what I mean? Or, that's how I took it.
2: Or what if it's about him? You know, like you know, people that listen to his music don't really give a fuck about what he's going through as long as he produces his music.
1: That's a beautiful take could as be. well. It could be, could be. It
2: could be either
0: or. Mm-hmm. And that's what I was saying earlier. Like on your sixth or seventh
2: listen, you know, you
0: you there's so many interpretations different yeah exactly there's so many different ways you can take not only the songs but the album as a whole you know it's, it's definitely a fun listen in that regard you know yeah. you can always go back to it and find something else that you previously hadn't thought of you know shout but. out
1: that Bruce Buffer type ass intro though. for real shit, let's get ready to thunder oh dude for real ladies and gentlemen oh. yes <laughs> Yes, and also the instrumental to this was completely different from all the others, I think. It, it It's more akin to like 1940s, like big band almost, like like very show tunes-esque. If any of you are familiar with the video game Cuphead, I don't know if anybody, if you played Cuphead.
2: I've talked about it so many times and you don't even you remember.
1: Uh-huh. Say it again.
2: I've talked about it plenty of times. Okay, Okay. so there you go. The fucking Cuphead.
1: Cuphead, Cuphead, for those who don't know, is a video game in the art style of old 1940s cartoons. Everything is hand-drawn animation. It looks like an old Walt Disney cartoon. And uh, that should be, that song right there, Sugar Zoo, should be the fucking boss theme to a fucking cuphead boss. How fucking big band that shit is. Because that shit's fucking hard. And it's so exuberant and so exciting and so vibrant. And yet, Bro, that fool got smoked at the end of the day. <laughs> and, and you're not wrong. I was
2: gonna add on to on, on to that because uh, the one thing that Cuphead did uh, extremely well on is the soundtrack that they produce is extremely successful soundtrack. And then on top of that, they do use the very similar uh, knockout uh, sounds. Yes. Sound yes. Oh yeah. Tones that would yeah. <laughs> be.
0: Yes. That's funny.
2: So it would be. It would fit right in.
3: Completely agree. So out of I mean, out of all the songs on this album, this song, the instrument wise is what stuck out stood out to me the most because this is when you first hear that heavy jazz fusion that I was talking about in the beginning, that cowboy bebop sound mm-hmm. and this song, um like how you were saying Isaac with the instruments, this is the one that stuck out the most. like not even given the story because the story was kind of like random. Uh, <laughs> the instruments carried this song for me and those horns nice. The horns over the guitar, the way is just no. all over. Because everything is so like, but no, 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 That's true.
2: Like, you know what I true. mean? No, I agree with Isaac, dog. The horns but... stuck out really, 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 really. I, I, yeah, I think. I, mean, I I mean, mean think just I'll instruments in, in general. Yeah. Yeah. But
1: I could see why you'd say that because the guitar was so, like, rhythmic, and but yet it was so like in your face. It was very Zappa esque. Yes, it was. As my friend is wearing a Zappa shirt, shout out Keenan. Ooh, thank you. And I, I think the two songs that really kind of match the
0: energy of Sugar Zoo is Welcome to Hell and The Race is About to Begin. The yes. Race
1: is About to Begin is... Do you want to start with that? Let's start with that. Mm, uh, okay.
0: Let, let's start with The Race is About to Begin because this is like the monstrous track of
1: the album. Holy fuck. Yeah, I almost don't want to start with it because there's so... Like I, like I want that to be our crescendo, but we can start with it now. Oh, see, We don't know about our character yet.
0: Sure, sure, sure. Oh, because we haven't we haven't we yeah, a lot of yeah, yeah, yeah. Tristan many, Bongo. Many. We gotta start with okay. Welcome to Hell. See that that's what's crazy about this. There's all or these f- it, crazy uh, connections and shit. Oh, it is Welcome to Hell. It, it is.
1: Right, you're right, yeah. You're
0: okay. Right. So yeah. Right. So like I said, Welcome to Hell. Funky w- as hell. Sorry. Funky as hell. Sorry. 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 Go ahead. Go ahead. Well, I mean, like the the reason why I um you know kind of compare the two songs because they both have like very hectic big sounds. You know, just as um Sugar Zoo does um. But Welcome to Hell and uh, The Race is About to Begin even have, like, similar chord progressions. Like, even the, the beginning riff, it sounds very similar. Um, but, yes, we should start with Welcome to Hell because there's only, like, one reoccurring character in this whole thing. And he's introduced in Welcome to Hell, which is? Bongo. Tristan Bongo. Tristan Bongo. Bongo.
2: Oh, that's it. That's, that is the first thing. My bad. It's just fucking. Oh, that was like a nice, yeah, like just, a yeah, nice
0: James Bond, yeah, <laughs> entrance. Tristan Bongo. Tristan Bongo. Tristan Bongo. So the song essentially has it, it, It's the story of a man named Tristan Bongo who's going through his like mandatory military service. The way I took it was, you know, like when you're when you're deployed, you know, you kind of go out. You have those free weekends, so you go out and you kind of like hit the town. I took the song as him, like, hitting the town and, like, kind of exploring the place that he's deployed at. But then, you know, his, his superior is essentially, like, explaining all these atrocities that he's committed and basically being like, nah, listen, Bongo, like, this shit is – it's just normal. It's the shit we do. And Bongo's like, nah, no, 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 I don't do that. And then he eventually gets kind of, like, discharged from the military. Um, is that right? You kind it, of. That's you got kind of how Wait, I took it. So but.
2: I
3: got that, and then I also got, like, his struggles – of what he's exactly, going through yeah. from the yeah, war. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Especially um especially in Bridge Two, because mm-hmm. right now it's his superior telling the story. Right. And in Bridge Two, he says, We did it all, we seen it all, and worse, much worse, son, the massacres of ages, too many to recall. So he's like, I got it like snap out of it, like we've all been through
2: this. It mm-hmm. says Peace T S D, dog. And you know, they're telling him like uh, yeah. Okay. yeah. He has went through mental issues on that song.
0: So I thought in that bridge, too, when he's saying we did it all, we've seen it all, much worse, son, I thought it was the superior calling him son. Essentially saying, like, we've done it all. You know, now oh, it's your turn oh, to do it. That's how I took it. The superior's it it, a dick. Oh, he's a fucking dick. Yeah, the superior's <laughs> yeah. a dick.
3: And then, I mean, the verse right after that, I mean, he starts, he starts, you know, kind of going into detail about, you know, people dying, like limbs. Mm-hmm. You know, limbs rendered birds by the speed they flew off, a soup nothingness that once was your best friend, motherless children and temptress widows, the wild, the useless, the dead, the untamable. I mm-hmm. was so like, damn. He's got to go into great detail, so I got it as
1: like this man's going through some stuff. Okay. Yeah. So perfectly said, like Marco said, PTSD. Tell me what you guys think of this line right here. I have a lot of different interpretations, but I want to hear your guys' interpretations first. And we'll see if we agree. Spit but. it. <laughs> In this land of oysters, you are the world, which is a play on the world is your oyster. So it is the world. I thought it was the worm.
3: It I thought comes he said off. the worm. It but... comes off like that when you listen to it. Okay. Yeah, and
2: even in Rap Genius, he kind of... He uh... hints at being the worm. No, uh... how it, the worm yeah, is they, they it misspell it, it, but it's the world. Yeah. So it is the world?
1: Yeah. Oh, okay. Fuck, what, dude. What do you think of that? What do you think of Say that? Say it again. In this land of oysters, you are the world.
2: Um, that's hard. I mean, it could, that is hard, right? Yeah. Because
1: you can take it so many different ways. You could take it as I am the covenant. I am like the you know the end all be all. I am the world. And these are you know so, for you know it, it could be very self centered or it could be the total opposite where. They are these magnificent things, and you just have to pass them by because you are the world. You you have no say in your own life, like a private, like like a fucking you know a military lapdog who has no say in his life because the commander is telling him what to do. Right there, boom. The
2: same way. Yeah, right there, boom. I think that's it. Right there, because I was I was gonna ask you who do you, who, who I don't recall, but who says it? Who says the, line? the is commander? It Bongo? The commander. Yeah, because so like in the line right after that, he says yeah.
1: like. You know, painless, numb, numbness, whatever. Like, mm-hmm. it's fucking yeah, chalk, bro. Yeah, the latter, what you said is correct. I or are right. we just looking
3: too much into it? Because also, this man has a bunch of just silly nonsense lyrics. Because he, he, also, does, he so. also does, in one of the songs, he says, you're as useless as a libs on a fish's eye. <laughs> I, I literally that. have that so, down, and that. that's fucking hard. That it, go, but
2: you but know I why mean, that's hard, I though, t- th- right? I tweeted <laughs> that. I literally tweeted that. Literally. Actually, but you so know so why that's hard, right? Hit
1: me. Because fish don't have eyelids because they're fucking useless because they don't need a blink because they're underwater. They don't need a blink. They don't need eyelids. They've evolved past the need of eyelids. You're as useless Useless. as eyelids on a fish. You're so fucking you're as fucking useless as a fucking quadriplegic at a water park. Like, bro, like (laughs) I need you to
3: step down to like a six. (laughs) I thank you for that.
1: It's a good album.
3: It was a great <laughs> album. But I just thought maybe like are, are we looking too much into it cuz there is a
2: bunch of silly lyrics. I mean, who knows, but this is the point of this it album. Is. It's yeah. a fucking painting. That's very true. That's yeah. very yeah. true. It, yeah, it could be. this the, one person could be like, "Yo, this is all fucking nonsense." Literally, every single lyric is nonsense. Some other guy could make a 3-hour
1: review about it going into detail <laughs> of what he thinks. It's going to be us. <laughs> yeah, so tune curious. in. <laughs> Hopefully yeah, it's not. Sorry. So there was these instrumental slams that just were so fucking brooding, if if you know what I'm referring to. Mm-hmm. It, it, it happens around the two minute and three minute mark. It's not throughout the whole instrumental, but it, it just sounds so fucking debilitating. Like it just it just fucking gets you, bro. It's just I'm a big fan of like over the top operatic, you know, cacophony of sound. Like I love that shit. And in this song, it gives you a taste of it. It gives you just a little smidge of it, which makes sense for the the themes of this song, where it gives you a taste of this character and what they go through. But at the end, it doesn't, you know, give you everything because it's not the rest of this story to tell. You know, so Mm -hmm. I, I really, really enjoy the instrumental in this track.
3: And, I mean, towards the end of the song, it's I think it's the fifth verse when everything just picks up and it just goes straight punk. Yeah, because dude.
2: It was hollow fucking punk. <laughs> Bro, that, <laughs> that shit was nice.
3: hard. And it's it's funny because um, under the recommended artists for Black Midi, Soul Glow is under there. That's so
0: crazy. And it's crazy. I, I honestly would have never connected that. Because Soul
3: but... Glow is just hardcore punk. And as far as, like, I guess how fast they just sing. That's like the only
0: like common thing that they thing. have. <laughs> yeah, but I think that brings up a good point. Um, in that, Black Mini does a really good job at you know combining all these different genres. You know, it's you could tell that they have a ton of different influences, like from punk to like almost jazz, bro- jazz from Broadway prog rock. Like it's it's crazy how they're able to just mix all these different sounds together and make something that, at first listen, sounds jumbled up. But as you listen, it's like, wow, okay, it's actually layered and it's actually sectioned off. Um, I think that kind of leads us into uh, the race is about to begin, which we uh, continue our story of Tristan Bongo, which finds him at a at a fucking horse race. The rest so of his life. The rest of his life. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This. So this is he's basically, alive, yeah. So this is him after he's been discharged from the military, and he goes and he, um, you know, starts to bet on these horse races, and that's, uh, dude. Okay, so.
2: He leaves everything behind us because of these fucking races.
0: Exactly, exactly. He, you know, and he tries
2: to justify it too.
0: And he tries. He tries um, again. Like, like with my whole, uh, with with my idea of like each song, you know, represented a different kind of sin. I thought this one was greed. Um, dude, the seventh. Okay, so there's a, there's there like there's what ten verses on this on this track. Let's see. There's okay. There's only seven with an outro, so technically eight. But dude. This seventh verse is bar after bar. And this is like probably the the big crescendo. This is only what the, uh, let me look it up real quick. This is only the, seventh. well, it's the seventh track. So, I mean, we have three more tracks after this. But really, I feel like this is the climax of the sound. I agree. It's just so like as soon as this seventh verse hits, holy fuck what what is the beats per minute on this
3: i was gonna say this dude does not (laughs) stop for what a whole minute
0: and a half dude almost two minutes oh my god firing off these lyrics and as you know you guys had said this whole seventh verse is essentially him like trying to justify why he became like this degenerate gambler you know what i mean and like so then he he has these lyrics um the race was ran 30 years back and each day since the same you know so so basically that's him just saying he succumbed to this disease of gambling for, 30, for years. 30 years for 30 years and it's gone so bad to where it's like his whole life revolves around this and he just like you know there, there's nothing left useful in his life and
3: fuck it's just any addict trying to just justify what they're going through mm-hmm. and that's literally what we get in a, what full two
0: minutes dude fuck full two minutes just firing this shit off like literally no pause no pause no pause, no pause. he just goes like yeah. the only way we
3: can explain it is like you just have to go listen to it for yourself, really. L- like literally, just no pause. This man just goes for two minutes, mm-hmm. and like you said, this is definitely like the climax of the album. Mm-hmm. And I mean, RIP my boy Bongo. <laughs> <I> mean, dude, <laughs> it's talked after this. He's bro. Done hey, after this. Hey, he
2: went. He went. He went. He went happy, dog. I'd be <laughs> happy to like went off like uh, horse gambling. Fuck that, bro. He didn't even get the blonde. <laughs> So? He didn't. The blonde he is making out with
0: some four-eyed some dude. Four-eyed or... fucker. Nah. He still, out to he still went
2: out gambling, dog. He went out a happy dude.
0: Yeah, I guess. I guess it was an, on his own
1: terms, but. Yeah, it was
2: on his own fucking terms for <laughs> For
1: thirty years, fuck. <laughs> so I have a whole fucking paragraph written for this one. Okay. If you guys don't mind, well, hold on. Let's let's start from the beginning real quick. In the genius okay, yeah, annotations, they're listing all the horses, right? Like, and there's a horse named Mrs. Gonorrhea, <laughs> and if you click on the annotation on Genius, it says "Your mum," <laughs> and it has like forty upvotes, bro. And it's fucking comedy, bro. That shit got me cracking the fuck. Yo, <laughs> internet trolls are on a different level. It's God. so oh, fucking real. funny. Your mum. Oh shit. The you and everything.
2: All right they got your ass though so. they got my ass i clicked <laughs> yeah, on that shit yeah. what does mrs gonorrhea
1: mean what's the deeper meaning behind that or is it your mum? Your mum. Yeah, they got your, your ass dog they fucking why are w and it's verified U-M. yep I'm about it's to. A up, verify, <laughs> it's a, about a verified it's a verified right now i just uploaded it. it's 48 now so silly so. uh, i was right 47
3: yeah it was 47. 47. Okay, that's fucking
1: funny so what i have here is Homie barred the fuck out. Not stopping for even a second. Building higher and higher. And I know I already said this before. But this is really where it is more uh, meaningful. The Willy Wonka scene where they're floating down the river. Going and going. That's literally this scene. Because it's because it is descending further and further into madness which is apropos to the feeling of gambling and going further and further down a hole spir- spiraling your life deeper and deeper into a hole that's too deep too wide and forever black. And then like Marcos you know, alluded, the ending is a false light. The end of the tunnel it sounds so beautiful so light so freeing but really it's just his justification the same way an addict would justify their addictions by you know by whatever means but it's their means they're justifying their means and the justification matched with the lightness of the sound makes you think that oh maybe this justification is real but it's not. Mm. It's just a light in the dark hole, because right. whatever he says isn't really a justification. It's an addict's fucking. It's their own warped way of thinking about it. It's their own warped way of thinking about it without any really, without any solid uh, basis to stand on. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I think the fact that they match that lightheartedness with the justification is fucking beautiful mm-hmm. because an addict will say this, that, and the third to make their point And the fact that the instrumental mixed with the lyrics does that essentially is just such a clever way of wrapping up this story mm-hmm. of Mr. Tristan, Bungo. Tristan Bungo, Rip Bungo.
0: I, I think the outro lyrics, you know, describe that perfectly, because the outro lyrics are all about, you know, somebody at their worst becoming their best. You know, the old clown can be a martyr, and the whore can be an angel. The hack becomes a master. The crass becomes divine. So Making again, excuses. Exactly. It's like, well, I mean, you know, everybody can get out of it. You know, everybody can turn around. But the, and then and then right after that, all the sins irrepressible basically saying well we we're we're all just gonna sin anyways you know it's not my fault we're all bound to it you know what i mean what did i say earlier man no you hit it on the head you know this is exactly what you said so so those two songs were really like the epitome of the sound you know the the you know fuck we've kind of all right we got over the hump you know i mean we still have three more tracks after this and we have a couple tracks here and there that we'll get to um but overall, the sound kind of gets a little bit more subdued. Um, I, I guess, you know, the, the song that would probably match that energy or just be right below it would be maybe the closing track, 27 Questions. Oh, um, yeah. Just because that one gets super fried out at the very end of it. My um, least favorite track. Really? Yeah. Why is that?
2: Honestly, I'm really nitpicky with it. So it's because of the piano, random piano that they put in. Honestly, like that's little. honestly, it. Mm-hmm. Like it just took me out of it i hate that part piano a little too much it, over a little too much is an understatement <laughs> <laughs> dude i'm so nitpicky with that i just hated it like i completely hated it so whenever it comes on i'm just like fuck
0: uh uh-huh.
2: completely takes me out of the zone but his storytelling and the part where he questions off the 27 questions fucking fire oh dude. the production besides the piano fucking fire but mm-hmm. that's it so See, and I didn't really like this
3: song only because of how abruptly it ends. This is the ending track. Mm -hmm. I didn't expect it to just end so abruptly like that. And so, like Marco said, I mean, the 27 questions, it does match the energy uh, of, you know, the race is about to begin, especially as he fires off those 27 questions. So that's nice. And the story, I did like the story of it. But again, just the way it ends, to end an album right like that especially once it started off so heavy and especially like jazz infused and everything like i wanted more of that Mm -hmm. but that's why i didn't really like this this song was just because it's the ending track and i wanted more from it and they didn't do that like Like you could you could sorry you could have went off on like uh you know an instrumental Mm-hmm. Yeah. you could have done something like that to like close it off or like how they've been doing where they throw like a little instrumental in there and then throw it off with some closing lyrics then i've been like okay mm-hmm. but the way it just ends it just stopped and it was like all right
0: yeah right right yeah i i get what you guys are saying you know it's kind of like we usually get the climax with the last song or at least like the second to last song but yeah once we hit our climax we have three more songs yeah you know so i i could see why you guys would think this would be a uh less than favorable outro track because uh you know we we've been given straight chaos and yeah. for it to just end like this uh, is...
2: yeah he's made a fair point. Like I said, all the other albums i we reviewed, they've given us really good mm-hmm. outros or last songs.
1: Right. I kinda like this outro. I understand why you guys didn't get what you wanted from this because you're right it does kind of end abruptly and you know that build up and then the madness and then it just kinda eh, you know what I mean? <laughs> so like I get that and I get why that's, you know, not exactly satisfying for such an abrasive album, but I kind of liked it because if you guys recall, it's almost akin to a sugar zoo with the with, lyrically with this, with what's his name? Frost. Yeah. And frost? frost, huh? Getting bodied. Yeah. Yeah. That full fucking <laughs> croaks and the audience is laughing applauding all the way home mm-hmm. just as in the same way that everybody was laughing and that full getting murked in the boxing match like i i think that it's a lovely way to to wrap up that sort of theme and wrap up this album because it's like they're giving you your all You're, they're doing everything that they can and this might be the last leg that they stand on but it's not enough all right imagine you know. imagine if they finish it off with
2: like a bruce Buffer announcement, like you know. Okay, that would be hard as fuck. That, that'd be hard,
3: bro. That'd like, be hard. Bro, that'd be body bro. Slamming fools, bro. Yeah, so like the way they started it off like that, like welcome, yeah, imagine you know, that. all that. Like they yeah. could have at least ended it like that. Like I didn't even think about that until just now. And like especially with like the whole halftime, mm-hmm. you know, like with the static of the radio or anything, it could have been something like as corny as like thank you for tuning in, like blah blah blah. Like oh, it could have be been, s- cool. it could have been something like that. And we we just got like the da da da
1: da 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 da. And that was it. Right, but don't you think that the death of an artist is akin is enough to end an album? Like, I mean, I know that we're only with this one protagonist for this one song, but like, it's a whole. This person bears their entire soul for their last concert to end this album. Like, I I think it's fitting in within the themes of the album. I I should say
2: you're right in the aspect that this album is so chaotic that. If you're expecting a good outro, this is you weren't yeah. expecting this. Yeah. I can see
1: that, but all
3: the other all the other death we got in this album, it ended off so beautifully that this one just stopped. Right. So it, it was like,
1: more poignant in the other ones. Yeah,
3: and so like what Marco said, like maybe that is just black maybe Be like, ha, you thought we were going to go this way? Watch. Left turn. Boom. Yeah. So I could also get that right. too, but mm-hmm. just like I, I do like the song. It's just as an outro, I kind of did. I did expect more. That's fair. That was it. That's fair. Because, I mean, it's, I like the story. I did. Um, obviously, the instruments and everything. It was just as an outro, I expected it to, like, fade out or something. And I didn't get it. Which mm-hmm. is fair because off the
2: other albums that we reviewed, they gave, <laughs> they gave us or, fucking really good Exactly.
1: Outros. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like a No Country for Old Men ending. If anybody has seen Definitely. that movie... Like they're
2: true, yeah, it, you're true, but that movie fucked like fucked with you too. Exactly, so. and this album, just like this, like this album, album fucked with you. That's yeah, I'm saying that's why I brought it. Exactly. Like, may, well, maybe they were expecting the listener to be like, yo, you know, be a uh, outro, <laughs> long ass outro. Well,
0: yeah, and uh, just to give a little bit of context, so for this last song, we're introduced to some random ass fool named Freddie Frost, um, and I I guess he was just like. In the context of the song, he was just some kind of, like, an entertainer or, like, some type of artist. Um, and this is essentially, like, his big outro, you know? This is his final concert, his final show, and he's just going to, like, lay it out all on the line. And it's, like, this big, grandiose type of uh, type of setting, you know? He has 65 daughters <laughs> who are, like, <laughs> setting the stage for you. And, uh, like, well, I think they say it takes, like, two or three hours for them to finish so his 65 daughters are like giving this big old like intro for him and then he comes out and he's essentially listing off like these 27 questions you know hence the name of the song uh listing off these 27 questions that kind of revolve around like you know mortality and um like philosophical type of things um almost kind of like
1: a uh, rodney dangerfield kind of vibe from him how so because he's always like I ain't getting no respect and like that uh, was like his mantra while he was alive and mm-hmm. I felt like this fool was like clinging for that you know what I mean longing for it and then at Ooh. the end like he still didn't get it he still didn't get <laughs> it he still didn't get it yeah. yeah he died on
0: stage and people were laughing at him they're like yeah like what what what's the ending lyric it says but we all just laughed at the sad old oaf and laughed all the way home man like yeah and then you know he as he's like listing off these 27 questions, he has like my last shot at the big time post hummus or post posthumous paste. Will I find home or go to waste? I mean, like you said, he's laying it out all on the line. You know, he spends his whole life kind of withering away, fucking around. Is this really like in death? Will he finally become this big figure that he wants to be? No. Just fucking laugh at him. I was going to go back to like the ending. I mean, because he
3: says, you know, so thank you for listening. Good night. Good night. Like, the lyrics, I liked how he ended it with the lyrics. But just to back up with what I was saying earlier, like, I wish it would have just been, like, a longer outro. Um, but I just caught it now. So, right here, he says, that's not quite 27, but my chest feels awfully tight. There's only 21 questions. I didn't catch
1: that. <laughs> no? Oh, no, yeah. until just now. I went and uh-huh. counted them. I caught on 21. I was like, wait. <laughs> Shout out 50 Cent. It's <laughs> works. <laughs> <laughs>
0: 50.
3: Oh, man. Uh black me just keeps you on your toes
0: dude so yeah so like i said 27 questions was really kind of like the uh the last song that kind of matched the energy of welcome to hell and the race is about to begin you know that real chaotic kind of sound not to say the other songs don't have chaos within them but they're a little bit more subdued um Men eat is probably like the step (laughs) below that uh in this song we're given like this really weird random story about two men who our uh they're gay lovers and They're, like, traversing through a desert, and then they come upon some, like, random, like, mining shaft?
1: To look for their homies.
0: To look for their homies. Is that what it is?
2: Yeah, it's your everyday occurrence. What are you talking about?
0: (laughs) (laughs) So, okay, so I I didn't realize that they were, like, looking for people. I thought that it was just these two dudes lost in the desert. That's how I
1: interpreted it. I, I, I thought they were looking for their homies, and then they wander upon this fucking mining shaft full of fucking red, red wine. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, and, and then, they get played. And then they get oh, they fucking boobopped, bopped. They get played,
2: dog. They get roofied.
1: This song is one of the craziest songs lyrically I've ever heard in my life. This motherfucker is making a wine out of fucking stomach acid. Spoiler alert. Like, <laughs> Jesus Christ, bro. This shit is... No pun intended. (laughs) (laughs) Worth. No fucking pun intended, bro. Nice. Um, I literally cannot say enough about how shocked I was the first time I heard this song. Because not because of like, oh, wow, this is so... Like, literally because I wouldn't even fathom to think of something so absurd. And that's why it blew me away. Also, the vocal delivery on... Eat, man! Eat, eat yeah! Man, eat! Just sounded so fucking evil, bro. I mean, yeah, it's because it's so it's satanic. in the perspective of the captain telling his workers to eat the food which is laced with poison to make their stomach acids go awry and also make them comatose. Like that's so brilliant. And then at the end, where the captain curses the two lovers. Th- his vocals were oh. so fucking powerful.
0: When when it has says "burn,"
1: yes, burn, burn,
0: and it has like that ah, vocal yeah. effect. Oh, dude! And then
1: everything about the ending was so good. Were you? Saying? Yeah,
0: no. Just for reference, this is the first song that we get the uh, the bass player as a lead singer.
1: That is correct. Yeah. Shout out Cameron. Shout out Cameron. Picked in the vocals were a very nice change of pace when you hear them in the progression of this album. Because mm-hmm. "How Fire" and "Sugar Zoo" was, you know a lot Mm -hmm. and then you get this and it's like a it's like a break from that and then okay whatever then we go to to welcome to hell and and that's like you know really funky i get like primus vibes from it and then he hits you again on still Still, like yeah i I think his vocal placement on the album was very very well done
3: because he's the one that starts it off right correct Yeah, because so when you start it off, because like obviously like they're playing the characters, it's just so well. And then Isaac, like you said, especially when the captain is speaking, especially at the end and how it just peaks and then he just goes off. I mean, I can't get into the lyrics. So you just have to you just have to (laughs) listen to lyrics and truly just hear it because it's like
1: haunting. It's probably the Would you say that those are the heaviest vocal deliveries on the entire album? Yes. Heaviest. Yeah, I would agree with that. Mm -hmm i would agree but i i think that's
0: one thing that we definitely have to um reiterate is like not only the bass player you know singing on this like both him and the Maid lean singer like have so much emotion in the lyrics throughout the whole album you know they they project their voices in such a great way you know
3: I mean, just when he's speaking as the captain for that outro, you can literally just picture two people running away with the captain in
0: the background
3: just yelling at them. Yeah, dude. It's it's haunting. Like, I got goosebumps.
0: <laughs> <You just laughs> it's so good, man. It. It's so thematic. So thematic.
1: This whole album feels like a fucking opera, you know? what's also beautiful is that you could picture everything and and i know that's like the whole point of music is it's supposed to you know invoke a type of feeling or you know you know you get these you know mental images in your head he literally tells you what's going on and if your imagination is dope enough you can literally see the agony on these fools' faces and then at the end as they say quote unquote the song hand in hand being okay, being poisoned because they know they're gonna come back as a hero. Yeah. Because they blew up the fucking mine. Like it's just so. Like you could see them riding in the sunset on the horizon of a desert. <laughs> you know, with with the, with the mirage waves going, and they're just the long captain gone. just yelling at it. Yeah, and dude. The bro. captain and with the echoing of the captain. Yeah. Humbling, like it's just so. It's so vibrant i guess mm-hmm. I, I i can't think of a another word to describe a picture in my head more than just vibrant yeah. picturesque it's very picturesque mm-hmm. painting-esque everything-esque
0: <laughs> god damn.
1: so again you know
0: we, we started with still which still is probably like the most laid-back song we have um pff, amazing song just real quick i have to just reiterate it's amazing god I Fucking love that song. I agree. Um, so then, the other two tracks we're left with are "Dangerous Liaisons" and "The Defense." Um, both a little bit more subdued, I think. Dan- I think "Dangerous Liaisons" kind of like mixes a little bit of everything within the song. I'm not gonna lie to you. You know the theme is really cool. I I like the theme. Uh, The song is basically revolved around a farmhand being hired to like murder somebody and by the devil. By the devil, yeah. The devil hires some random farmhand to fucking strangle somebody. Um, So the lyrics are cool, and uh, you know the picture is painted very vibrant, like you said. And it's very it's it's a really cool setting. Very vivid, yes. Great, great word. Um, But the sound of dangerous liaisons didn't really get me. (laughs) I'm not going to lie. I I think uh, sonically
1: it just wasn't really for me. What about the pianos after the plot twist is revealed that it was the devil? I love love that part. I agree.
3: So, yeah. So in the beginning of the song, you don't find out that it's, it is the devil. It just comes up as like a, like a mafia type guy Mm -hmm. looking for, you know, Hey, do you want to, you want a job, you know, you want some work and then. Towards the end of the theme, that's when this mobster person actually shows himself as the devil to the farmhand, and then that's when he gets like haunting with the the piano and all the the rest of the instruments. In
2: perfect him. storytelling, though, literally perfect. It, it is, yeah. yeah, perfect storytelling. It
0: is, man. That's crazy that you can vibe with this one. Yeah, I, vibe I don't. With it. Well, I no no, I agree. I, I think the pianos plays pretty well. But overall I, I think it's just like the song's like five minutes, four minutes, and like everything leading up to that just didn't really, it didn't really do much for me. You know? It's uh maybe not skippable because again I really like the themes, but uh compared you know, to everything it, else that we've been getting. Compared to everything else, yeah. Compared to everything else, I think uh the songs that we've heard previously have, you know, executed sonically wise at least a lot better than this one did. You know. Would you say it's almost more contemporary? As far as accessi- accessible, it's more
1: contemporary compared to the rest of the tracks that were so grandiose and so chaotic. This is a more like structured song, and that's why I didn't hook you because it didn't really Ooh. do anything crazy, and it was one of the longer tracks. Uh, not really because I
0: think still is the most accessible, and I think still is an amazing song. It's my favorite song in the whole thing. So. I don't think it's the fact that they turned it down. I just think that like, it it, it just didn't do much. Right. Exactly. Exactly.
2: Would you say it's a filler?
0: Uh,
2: it could be a filler considered a filler.
0: No, because again, I, I think the themes are interesting enough to where I can like look past the kind of the sound of it. And again, like if I go back to my whole thinking of like the album is just songs of sin, you know, this is just another song of sin. So, it serves its purpose in that sense. Um, but again, like, is it my favorite? Definitely not. You know, I. but... Um, is it your least favorite? It's my least favorite, You're yes. you It's That's my least insane. favorite, yeah. It's my least favorite. But again, like, the themes are just so interesting and the, the storytelling is just so good. I can't say I just straight up don't like so it. So you know what you know?
2: this reminds me of? This is the reason why I asked you if you think it's a favorite is because it reminds me of uh, short fictions. How so? Some of those tracks, when I was like, "Well, they're not really doing anything for me. They're just fillers. They're still good tracks. They're just like really generic oh. uh, pop punk mm-hmm. tracks. But they're not really. They're just. They're serving its purpose. Like, right. That's it. That's just, that's it. They're not my favorite. They're
1: not my least favorite. But they're just like fillers. That's oh, all, that's
0: what all I was asking you. I see.
1: Some people are as useless as lids on a. Face that line. by itself, <laughs> shoot, oh my that God. by itself should
2: shoot it to like top three right there. <laughs> I have that. I have that in my fucking nose. I love that lyric. I literally
1: tweeted it, dog. <laughs>
0: <laughs> How many retweets did you get? Zero. Oh, pussy. How many likes
1: did you get? One. Hey, one. that's good enough.
0: Yeah, they, they know that real shit. No, that's probably one of the hardest bars on this whole thing, honestly. So then the last track right here is the defense. Uh or the last track that we kinda have to wrap up on. Um A song about running a brothel, about being a pimp. Um What well, what did you guys think about this song? This is probably like next to still the most subdued song yeah uh it's funny because this song sounds like super sweet and melodic and it picks up it, it picks up a little bit but i think for the most part it's very serene you know it actually sounds kind of beautiful and the whole time this dude's like yeah my girls are going to hell like you know basically like justifying why he's pipping out these chicks it, it's it's a pretty cool like dichotomy
1: between and it's the not two.
2: even them going to hell
1: true yeah going exactly
2: go in on that it's him going to hell at the end of the day. It's him committing all the fucking sins, and he's over here playing, acting like he's fucking like, yo, fuck this. Like, all these bitches are gonna go to fucking hell instead of me. At the end of it, Satan comes out and grabs him from fucking his feet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Boom. Talk about fucking. I wish that was me, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs>
1: what?
2: Drag me to hell, baby. Let's go.
0: Oh. I'm
2: ready. <laughs>
1: I'm about to start playing some hoser, bro. <laughs> Take me to church, bro. <laughs> Jesus
2: Christ! They were scared to go to church, dog. <laughs> I ain't scared. <laughs> if you <laughs>
1: if you scared, go to church. <laughs> oh, that's okay. Shut out. Nah, out. But you... I love but... the lyrics on this. Yeah. I love that it's like essentially mocking the holier than thou persona that most people. You know, Klingon, you know what I mean? Like so many people of a more traditional religion always kind of give that holier than thou. Well, yeah, I mean, you do this, but I'm still a Christian. I won't do that, but and then they still break their fucking own rules of their own religion so
2: right, let's let's go a little bit more in depth they were saying like yes exactly 100% but then you have these fathers that commit horrendous crimes completely completely horrendous crimes and it's just like well I'm preaching over here every fucking Sunday every Wednesday and shit like that and on the side they're committing those fucking adultery exactly
1: I mean bro the lyric but find me a Christian who spends as much time on their knees. (laughs) and so like in like
3: how earlier we're trying to how bongo was trying to justify his addiction and how he tries to justify here a brothel is a business no different than a bank as safe and as formal and sanitary my girls all destined for hell jesus
1: are we sure the same bongo
3: right oh shit.
1: (laughs) (laughs) just the worst Man, oh, okay. the worst. <laughs> has, vid- has visited this man's rock. Oh, one hundred percent. Oh, one hundred percent. But like Marco said
3: it best. I mean, this man just like trying to justify himself, and really,
2: he's the one in the end who's gonna. He's the one going to hell. Mm-hmm.
1: He has to be the one to repent.
2: Word. Well, again, uh, good storytelling on this fucking track. Again,
1: really solid
2: storytelling on every track.
0: Yeah, definitely. Um. Yeah, the uh, yeah Gordy. Gordy, I'm gonna say Gordy. <laughs> yeah, Gordy's storytelling on this is fucking phenomenal. Um, I, I guess one thing that we haven't really touched on that I think is kind of important to talk about is his delivery. He has the weirdest, like most obtuse fucking. He sings like this. He's sings, he sings very bottom of the throat, and he starts talking real fast. Blah, blah, blah. It, like very it, spoken word, very spoken word, and he's able to like bend it to the song that he's you know uh like singing for it's
2: no to just i'm so sorry but (laughs) that sounded extremely rude and i apologize (laughs) but you got it flipped because i thought about this listening to this whole album over and over it's the instruments that make him sound good oh you think so the way the way he has spoken words Uh and the way he stops nonchalantly like that and the instruments just like follow along i mean you could be right they could be like okay well i'm gonna do this and this but i felt like the instruments were literally like the backbone of it
0: oh okay I mean I I could see both. I, I don't fault you for thinking that. Mm-hmm. Like and then if anybody thought that uh, the lead singer was, you know, the backbone, I could see their their point of view. You know, I I think the best way to describe it is they worked in perfect harmony. hundred you know? percent. They're made for each other, you know? He's uh I, I don't think you could put him in any other band in this shit and like he would fit in, you know, like as you said, the instruments are kinda like the backbone. Well, take away the instruments and the chaos. Does his does his like vocal delivery work just as well you know no. with a more quote-unquote normal type of sound it probably wouldn't you know like this band just works so weirdly but perfectly together you know they're
2: in sync dude they're really tuned together 100%. that's literally what i was singing throughout this while was because i hated i had a love hate for think i got used to it when he was doing that spoken word shit mm-hmm. but <laughs> It's it's the instruments that like reassured me um, and there's like yo this is actually like you know it was on beat they were really synchronized and it made it sound a lot better and I was I fucked with it
0: and then real quick shout out to the drummer I Oof. mean the the instruments are played to perfection on this you know everybody deserves shout out but dude this drummer how the fuck do you keep pace with this shit how the fuck do you keep a rhythm with this shit like. Like, like, have you have you ever rode on a ride that's like, like the fucking UFO ride at the state fair? Fuck that ride! <laughs> like, it's just so dizzying. There's just so much happening. You got these fools screaming on both sides of you. There's, you know, people going wild, and the you're spinning at however many miles per hour. And you just have to like focus on that one thing to kind of ground you, you know, (laughs) you got to look at the ground, you have to close your eyes and really think about it. Like that's what the drums I feel like do on this, you know, like if everything is just sounding super chaotic and super like, like maddening, if you just focus in on the drums, then it kind of gives you a little bit of sense of balance and like a sense of like grounding to it. You know, this drum is a fucking beast.
3: You know the you know the people who like stand up in that ride. Yeah, that's the drummer. That's the, dr- <laughs> that's <He's> out here. <laughs> the people that be doing cartwheels while that <laughs> shit's going like. Fucking- but that's the jazz. That's the jazz. Yeah. That's the, the jazz fusion, and he he doesn't have to keep up because in a sense they're all going off on their own thing. Mm-hmm. It's all just madness, like how we said from the beginning. Everybody's just doing their own thing, and it all just blends in.
0: Yeah. Okay, I think we could start wrapping this up. Uh, Any other final thoughts? Tracks, lyrics, anything?
2: I think we did a solid... No, we're good. Yeah,
0: we, with the chaos we've been given, I think we kind of... We're... You know, until you listen to this album, you'll really understand, like, the fucking chaos of this shit. But uh, I feel like we kind of did a good job of reeling it in. I guess you'll see for yourself. It's a um,
2: motherfucking painting. Sure. It's, a, it's a Van Gogh. It's not no Picasso. It's not no fucking <laughs> Da Vinci. It's a fucking van Gogh
1: van Gogh okay I like it so cut it's off a, his ear before he painted that shit Dude.
2: This is, this is, I wouldn't be surprised if a year later one of these motherfuckers cut <laughs> off their <laughs> pinky to play the fucking solo yeah. <laughs> literally I'm calling it right now
0: uh, all right then let's go ahead and finish it up uh, final thoughts final review and top three tracks Isaac start us off
1: yeah so this album I was new to this band, new to this sound. Not really new to the sound. I'm I'm more uh, familiar with uh, prog rock and you know, for those who don't know, progressive rock. You know, and really, this was a treat. This was something to behold. This was a a moment in time. Really, like I haven't listened to anything like this in a very long time, if ever, to this magnitude, of course. Um, it is very good, very, very experimental and very, very, uh, hit or miss. It was definitely a home run, you know, knock it out of the park for me, but I could understand fully if you think otherwise. So that being said, phenomenal album. Phenomenal, as you guys pointed out, uh, uh, instrumentals, you know, playing sonically, ph- phenomenal vo- vocal delivery, everything about it. The lyrics on this, the progression of each song was really good, the progression of the album itself was really good. So, really, really loved it. Uh, my top three tracks would be Still, uh, The Race is About to Begin, and Welcome to Hell all of those tracks do something for me that not a lot of music does they, they each you know scratch an itch that i didn't know i even had so shout out to those songs uh with that being said i will give this an eight and a half out of ten
3: fuck yeah all right so as i said from the beginning this album was beautiful dark it's a chaotic madness and it has me wanting more I want more of these short stories. I want, you know, I want more of this vocal delivery. I want more of this jazz fusion with the rock. I want more of the drums. This album was amazing not knowing what I was getting myself into. So, I mean, shout out for the recommendation. This this has been on repeat for like the past week. Yes. So, not just for this review, just in general, this album has been on repeat. Um the Gordy he kept me entertained throughout the entire album with the stories. Um, I really love the theme of the album. And again, just to emphasize on the instruments, that guitar, I, the guitar and the drums alone, like did it for me. Mm -hmm. Um, definitely was not expecting that. And so I would say the instruments definitely carried it for me. Um, and the short stories and the lyrics and everything was just like the nice cherry on top. Nice. Um, that being said, um, I, I'm excited for what they have coming out next. I'm definitely gonna keep my eye out on this band. Um, definitely, I would say this is definitely top five album of the year for me. Already? This album, nice. Psh, top five. This album was that good. Top three tracks I got Welcome to Hell, Sugar Zoo, The Race is About to Begin, and Honorable Mention Eat Many. Nice. Final score, shout out Isaac, eight and a half.
2: This album, was, this album was the shit <laughs> sick love to hear it uh, my final reviews was that I thought this album was uh, Van Gogh painting really classic painting I think uh, this would uh, grow into something that I could go back to and appreciate and so will everyone else that gives it a listen um, the things that these guys have done is astonishing um, to say the least and they succeeded with their storytelling, with their production, and with their synchronization between the band members. So everything from f- the first to the last track was amazing. Uh, I give it an 8.5, same as Kenan. Still a really high up their album. I don't know if it's going to land in my top three or top five for the uh, album of the year. Mm-hmm. Because this is uh, the, the cousin that you keep in the basement from Anton up there. <laughs> this is ask him there's like that stepdad and then this is the step this is the you know the (laughs) adopted son you keep in the jesus (laughs) (laughs) that's what it is to me man but uh favorite tracks um welcome to hell eat man eat and those two could be interchanged but my number one track favorite track off the album is still
0: uh okay so it's just gonna be 8.5 across the board 8.5 for me too um yeah, this song is or this album is just basically like a hellish fucking opera, man. It's insane. It, it's literally what Marcos described at the beginning, uh organized chaos. It's um upon first listen, it's very easy to get overwhelmed and to think it's just a whole bunch of jumble, you know? But the more you listen to it, the more you're able to pick out, you know, intricacies and different rhythms and different harmonies. Um you know, as we said, Gordy is an amazing songwriter and uh, lyricist as well as the bassist. You know, the two songs that he had uh, as a lead singer, he fucking shined really well. Um, it, it's just kind of hard to uh, not repeat what you guys have said. You know, it, it's really astonishing what they've kind of what they've achieved. Um yeah 8.5 uh top three tracks in order number three is going to be welcome to hell number two Eat, "Eat and number one still by far and away still is amazing like even if you don't listen to this whole album you need to listen to still still is and it's i mean it helps that it's the most accessible but man oh god i can't i can't i can't you know but that'll wrap up our review of Hellfire by Black Midi. Thank you guys for listening. Thank you for tuning in. Let us know what you think. If you haven't listened to it, please listen to it and let us know. Uh, I can almost guarantee you haven't heard any shit like this, at least this year. Maybe ever. Um, real quick. You know who the lead singer kind of reminds me of, Keenan? Gordy? He reminds me of uh, Tomata from uh, The Screamers. Oof. That's a good one. He kind of reminds me of him.
3: I can see that. Yeah.
0: Sorry. I just had to throw that in real quick. And
3: you know what's funny? <laughs> He reminds me of the lead singer of Shame. Oh. I think it was the vocal delivery and like, the very, like, the post-punk part of him. Uh-huh. And so I think that's why I got, like, the Shame sound from it. Right. But that's funny that you thought that,
0: though. Oh, okay. Nice. Nice. Uh, again, thank you guys for listening. Let us know what you think. Uh, until next time. Uh, I was going to say we out, but I always say that. You
3: got to keep it, baby. Should I just say just it? okay, okay. okay.
0: Until next time, we out. Later.